Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Gwena Salazar, a reporter with The Forum. Today, I'm joined by Stephanie Morguia, who is the Director of Education and Outreach for the Rape Recovery Center located just down the street from our campus. Quick disclaimer, this was recorded through a Zoom call due to the current stay-at-home orders, so my apologies in advance for any impact that has on the audio quality. All right, let's start out by just um, talking about what is the Rape Recovery Center. idea that it started out as a grassroots and it's grown so much. That's amazing. And what do you do as the education and outreach director? Sure. So my team focuses on both the prevention of sexual violence and outreaching to ensure that everyone in the community is aware of the resources that are available. That can include, you know, physical outreach, where we're not, which we're not doing much of right now, but also social media, releases, all of that. And then our prevention team works um, with statewide partners, with school districts, individual schools, and youth to offer them resources on how to stop sexual violence from ever happening in the first place. Um, If I remember correctly, you've done some work to improve accessibility for Spanish speakers. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So when I started, that was uh, the primary goal of the agency at that time was to shift into that direction because what we know is that although sexual violence impacts all communities, those that are traditionally underserved in the United States have increased um, barriers to accessing services and they're also more vulnerable to um, being victims of violence because of all of the, you know, isms, racism, classism, as, you know, we're seeing today um, what we think is an individual problems actually impacts our whole society. And so um, for the last, you know, year that I've been at the agency, we really focused on how to systemically decrease those barriers. So um, part of that has been looking at how to ensure that all our materials are culturally relevant, not just translating them, but really making them relevant to the community. And so one of the things that we've done is we've ensured that all of our direct service providers are bilingual in English and Spanish. We've ensured that our prevention is actually a man of color who also speaks Spanish, so ensuring that men of color, specifically Spanish-speaking men, have someone that they can go to at our center. Uh, one of the things is if we see something new come up, we um, are very um, intentional of ensuring that we're not just saying, okay, we'll get to that later, that we're saying, okay, this is a new barrier, so now we need to address that, because in addressing that, it will allow us to increase access so wonderful. I'm so happy to hear that you guys were able to take that initiative. Um, You mentioned that some of your physical outreach has been kind of um, struggling right now. So I wanted to know um, what kind of changes you guys are making because of COVID-19. We have been working on our sexual assault awareness month programming for almost a year. And we were all set to go. We had actually released the the events the week before we went in 
situation. And then we got the word that this was not going to happen. And so then we spent that week figuring out what we're going to do. And so what we decided to do was to move to a totally virtual sexual assault awareness month, which is happening right now. Sexual assault awareness month is in April. And what we're hoping is to um, ensure that people are staying safe, have the resources they need, even while they're social isolating. And what we've seen is that um, domestic violence calls are going up and stranger sexual assaults seem to be going down, although we're not sure if that's really the case or people are just reporting them less. Um, so we are, we pivoted a little bit. But a lot of our sexual assault awareness month was always kind of geared towards that general education and resources. And so we're just learning a whole lot about virtual events. That sounds really frustrating that you guys had to make those last minute changes, but what kind of events do you have going on that people could participate in? Every Saturday, starting with this Saturday, our clinical team will focus on self-care. So they'll either have a live or a recorded self-care activity. This week it's called Our Voices, Our Healing, and it is facilitated by Laura Bobgar, our clinical director, and she'll just be running through some meditation, grounding, and creating a healing space. And every Sunday, our prevention coordinator, Jorge Barraza, um, one of the events that we had planned before COVID was a bar hop. Obviously, that was one of the first things that we were like, that's not going to happen. The governor has been very direct in saying that all bars and restaurants need to close. And so we were thinking, how can we do a virtual bar hop? Is that a thing? Um, maybe that's not a thing, but a virtual happy hour could be a thing. So every Sunday three there'll be a virtual happy hour with our one of the local bartenders this saturday is quarters so if you've ever been to quarters it's that really amazing bar that has those like retro gaming and some newer gaming as well so they'll be teaching us how to make a drink with stuff that people probably already have at home we're trying to keep people at home so not going to the stores or anything and so it should be really fun yeah that sounds really fun you mentioned the um, self-care involved our voices, which if I remember correctly, is the theme for this year. How come you guys decided on that? You know, we've had this um, sexual violence work for a long time. Since 2016, we've had really the focus on Me Too. But one of the things that Tarana Burke, the founder of Me Too, has really stressed is that she created this movement to uplift the voices of specifically women and young black girls. And still when we look at who's accessing resources and who is a part of the sexual violence work, we are seeing that, you know, black women, black girls, but really all people of marginalized communities are still not represented in those movements. And so our voices was um, a way to kind of recenter the voices of those who um, are still not fully a part of this movement and also figuring out ways to help uplift and kind of like hand over the mic to those people. Thanks again for tuning in. If you'd like to check out more content from the forum, make sure to follow us online on Facebook, on Twitter, and Instagram at WC Forum Media, and check out our website, wcforummedia.com.